Hello and welcome again to Oscar Mike Radio. I'm Marine Corps veteran and host Travis. Oscar Mike Radio is part of the Hubazoo Network. You can find out more on hubazoo.com. I want to thank my sponsors, Joyce Asac of Asac Real Estate, Mark Holmes, Army National Guard veteran of Reapers Detailing and Power Washing, and my supporters, Caseon Shaving Company, Black Cat Designs, and Savage American Woodwork. And I got like a hybrid show thing going on here, folks. I've got like three entities instead of just one, you know, guest and one host. There's like two guests and one host. It doesn't make any difference, though. Um, one of the guests we had on for number 337, and he's back, Adam Simonic, fellow battery mate from Charlie Battery, the best battery in Hawk. And I'm joined with Brad from the Wolfpack FSB Sim Racing Gentlemen. Together, welcome to Oscar Mike Radio. Thank you for, Thank having, you for us, having us, Travis. This is awesome. This is awesome. So, I, you know, if you remember from that show, Adam and I talked about that, that, you know, we actually served in Yuma together. He's the first guy to come on OMR that I served with. Different platoons, same battery. And we we're talking about how he got this going and everything. And then we, you know, he's like, hey, you know, the, the Wolf Pack, the crew of, uh, military veterans who do sim racing want to come on we're getting you know one by one they're coming on so we kind of got we'll, we'll get into your backstory adam in a minute but let's talk to brad about some of the cool things he did in the military brad take it away man give us a little <laughs> cliff notes version of your of your military experience well again thank you for having me today um i uh i hooked up in the marine corps and was uh did my boot camp in san diego in 86 and then uh did the real a, boot did camp shirt. oh yeah that's the only place to go right <laughs> I, I don't care what they say east coast west coast san diego is the place um and, and it is true you don't forget your boot camp no matter what these you know wannabes want to say it's like oh i don't even remember my drill instructor it's like yeah you will um so anyway did uh, my boot camp in San Diego, did my uh, extended school at Camp Pendleton for rifle training and, you know, infantry training. My first tour out, out the books was uh, Marine Barracks, ADAC, Alaska. And for those that do not know, ADAC is about this, where's the camera, about this big in the, the middle of the Baltic Sea off the uh, uh, north western coast of alaska and we're about the third or fourth in a chain of islands next to russia so Brad, you go what, on what, map, what did you what did you who did you make mad to get stationed there you know it could have been a number of people but uh i don't know i i i was kind of surprised they're going to send the guy from california to alaska and uh i i I begged and pleaded with somebody else that was going to go to England barracks duty. I said, Hey, I'll swap with you. No problem. But they would not allow that. So me and uh, probably about 18 other fresh Marines got uh, put on a plane and sent up into uh, Alaska. And we landed at Anchorage in our nice little alpha greens and all looking sharp and ready to, to go adventuring in Alaska and, Stopped at the little uh, USO desk and asked the gentleman, you know, hey, we're here. We're going to be set up at uh, ADAC Naval Station. Where's that? And he showed us, says, 
here's Anchorage. And here, way out here in the middle of nowhere, that's ADAC. And I think we all hit the floor going, oh my God, they're sending us to, to nowhere land. So anyway, um, we got to our barracks station and uh, we were assigned, you know, Marine Barracks Security for the Naval Air Station, which was kind of unique because it's a it's a small uh, small base. They mainly flew the P three Orions, which for again those that aren't familiar are the uh, submarine killers. And uh, a P three Orion is a multi engine airplane. They'll drop torpedo buoys and uh, torpedoes. Then go sub hunting off the the Baltic Sea coast out there, and so that that was the activity. Um, we did have a. Now I don't know how how versed your your clientele are, are your your viewers are on uh, security of the base, but uh, we can neither confirm nor deny the presence of special weapons on ADAC Alaska. Um, so, but that's what we were there to watch the security of these supposed special weapons. Um, I was there, you know, tours a year and uh, you could probably do everything you want to do on ADAC in about two weeks. Cue the X-Files so, music. <laughs> yeah, cue the X-Files because, yeah, it, it was pretty crazy. Um, had never lived in the snow, again, from California, never lived in the snow, so that that was a, a totally new new element to to have to work and and play in the snow all the time. But uh, so then after my tour at ADAC, um, I got assigned to Third Battalion First Marines down at Camp Pendleton, and uh, that India Company was the company I was assigned to, and uh, that had become my home for the for the next three three years of my active service and uh had a lot of fun had a lot of fun we uh were assigned as a raider company um and at that time there were none and so the commandant said we're going to take your your company and we're going to give you these 13 additional missions above and beyond what the infantry companies do and we're going to supply you with all the toys and all the equipment. And you're going to go out and you're going to create the training program for the rest of the Marine Corps of how to operate as a Raider company. And so um, we did. We got we got training in all the aspects of special operations, uh, small boat, Zodiac, and the big Boston Whaler twin motor boats to to do our ocean crossings, um, helicopter insertions, um, fast roping, um, all 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 the all the toys, um, scout swimmers. We had scout swimmers, we had snipers, we had you know all all the aspects. It was all there in one little company. It was it was the best. So, for those three years, we spent about a year doing the training creation. And then we took our Westpac and did our uh, Westpac tour and went to all of our designated, uh, you know, locations, Philippines and Australia and Korea and did our, our live training and inner inner military training with the other national troops that we run into. 
it, it was it was a lot of fun fast fast and crazy wow adam i don't know about you but i mean that's a whole like coin flip from what you and i experienced why don't you tell the yeah. folks what we got to do in in yuma yeah yeah well, oh why? yeah you mean 130 degree weather days and just looking at sand and mountains and desert i mean the live fires were pretty cool but i mean you're just out there in the sand all day <laughs> people, people, people don't understand why i don't want to go to the beach <laughs> uh, did we ever see rain in actual yuma i think it, i saw it, more like dust storms than i did actual thunderstorms i, I remember I mean, it rained twice that i remember and both times remember the streets flooded because the ground's so hard oh yeah yeah and it doesn't absorb it that quick it holds it it takes a while right yeah. right right uh path that was twice in in three years i mean it's crazy so give the folks who didn't see number 337 which i will have linked in the oscar mike radio show post uh you know an idea of what you did adam as uh of course along with you hawk missile systems operator um more and more i actually thought about them where were we we were stationed i know we were just like training and out there doing cleaning on the radars missile launchers but in a way i feel even though we weren't on like wartime we were still providing that border defense air defense was our job i think our main job why we were stationed in that strategically area you know um but of course we never saw any action or had anything fly over except we just did training with you know the local our local pirates yeah we, we did, pilots i said well, pirates, they, they had, they'd have the, the the navy guys before it became marine corps from miramar come over they'd have luke yep. air force people come down they have uh uh, us come down so uh, i mean we got some training from we we never saw them we, we didn't know who they were but no we're supposed to lock up on them and then uh, what do you think yuma regional would know would do if they knew that we were practicing on them uh oh oh yeah the, the, the airport there that's local right i don't oh. think they ever figured out that that you know when we were painting them with our radars what we were actually doing i don't know if they ever got weird about that or not but that was fun yeah. but we didn't get to have all that them toys we had basically all the hand-me-downs you know right right <laughs> and all the cool toys wow i mean people don't believe uh brad that the admin never went on a helicopter ride never went into an amtrak never never I'm like, no, we never got not, to do not that. even during your basic uh, infantry school. No, did you do it? Not, your basic not, infantry not, school? We went, yeah, we uh, um, MCT. bring combat for yeah, MCT, yeah, yes, yeah. Um, but we just did it, this mainly weapons, hiking, um, staying out overnight, uh, Land a lot of hiking, uh, getting hiking. shot, I like that word, getting shot in BBs, uh, with the BBs, <laughs> or you know, you're doing the was a uh suburban um mount, the mount urban, urban. The yeah mount, the mount training yeah mount training yes oh my gosh and getting shot i'm sitting there pushing this guy through the window saying go dude he's stuck and i'm getting nailed in the neck by the bb's and you know man <laughs> i mean we had these mask things we wore you know but i was right there where my neck was exposed pink pink and i'm like jesus get in that window <laughs> <laughs> but well, that, that was the most excitement it just well just goes to show you know why one of the aspects of doing Oscar Mike Radio is that people think everybody's military experience is the same. No, and I'm like no, everybody's. You could be doing the same job, come from the same town in the same unit, and your experience is gonna be very different from from mine. So the point is, there's 
there's always a story to tell always a story to tell well yeah it's like your job within our unit was different than what i did i was mainly on like well you did the missile stuff you like doing loading yeah you know, yeah. I, you know I cleaned on the missiles and i worked a lot on the radars not yeah. much in the van not you know wasn't in there so wasn't in that air conditioned unit there <laughs> no we didn't get that all. we didn't and at the time we were in they were getting rid of it so we didn't get a lot of van time Boy, when we did we, we we made sure we got all of it yeah but it's just it's it's all different so you know fast forward you know a couple years later adam hits me up and he says i'm doing this thing called sim racing and i'm like isn't that just the same thing as you know nascar 2019 where you boot up your xbox and you go around the track a couple times you try to slam the cars and the things like no i'm like come on adam it can't be that hard it's just it's a video game sim racing how hard could it be you're just going around with your xbox controller i got i got i got dad's my lsu one right here and you know I, i'm i'm well this also makes sure my kids my boys don't borrow this without me knowing where it is but I'm just going around here, going around the track. Right? That's all there is to it. He's like, no, 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 no. So he starts explaining to me what sim racing is. Now, I'm not going to explain it now because I don't do it. And when I got two experts above me. So look, gents, flip a coin, both weigh in. Tell us all what sim racing is and why it's so cool. Brad, go ahead and start off with that. You start off, Brad, and then Adam tells us why it's so cool. Okay. Um, for me, um, computer gaming came around, and, and, and I enjoyed the, the multiplayer games and that stuff. But I wanted more interaction with humans, not just playing against the AI type of you know characters. So instead of doing the military games that I was playing, um, I was looking for another avenue and racing came in and I, I enjoyed the race games and like you, you know, just go around the track. Rah, rah, rah. Yeah, this is okay. But multiplayer started coming online a little more and started to be the buzz of being able to play against actual humans. And that kind of intrigued me. I was like, wow, I wonder if you can race against other people. And so in, 2001 2002 i was you know researching looking for better avenues for racing and um i had i had sorry that was my alarm for our podcast <laughs> um i had come across nascar 2003 was the game i was was using and they had a, a online lobby you could you could sign into the lobby and and raced against other people and it was it was kind of interesting but it, there was more to it because this game nascar 2003 was open code and these guys were creating different um ways that cars could react with the track super grip super fast and so you had all these public rooms where people were not just doing the regular generic kind of racing they were souping these cars up and and changing the whole dynamics of the track so the, the the physics reacted differently and i was like this is this is another next level kind of stuff um so i started searching around for sim groups or um 
racing leagues that uh, were doing this and looking for members. And, and I came across FSB um, and FSB I found out is for Fresno. Santa Barbara. No, something Fresno and yeah, to the beach, something about going to the beach or whatever. <laughs> um, and so I, I, I met up with the guys and they said, Hey, come join us. You know, we have a 30 day free trial. You can race as much as you want. We have races every day and, you know, see if you like it, see what you don't like it. And if you want to join, you join. So I gave it a shot and I was racing about four to five days a night, uh, a week. Um, and I was terrible, absolutely terrible. I had no idea what I was doing because when you're racing against a live multiplayer, the server has so much more to do with how your equipment responds than playing with your, your, with, offline by yourself it's it's a totally different animal um fsb ran what they call fixed setup which means that all the cars have a basic set and there's a few minor things you can adjust your steering ratio and um your your a few other uh, driver aids if you want um, within the game you can adjust or so, your wheel settings, you can adjust some. Yeah, of your wheel yeah. settings and just a few minor things. But we were having a great time. We'd have fifteen to twenty people in a race, and that's what I was looking for. I wanted to compete against other humans, and so I started run, running these races, and I'd qualify last, and I'd end up last, and I'd wreck myself. And I did that for about the first six years. Go ahead, Alan. Nope, same here. That's all. Go ahead. <laughs> um, that that's that's when I was like, I really like doing this, but I am terrible at it. How can I get better? And then I started learning about the equipment. So, your wheels, the wheel, not your hand controller, but your the the driving wheel you have and the the pedals um, that you use in your equipment um, really do make a difference. So I upgraded my, my setup and it helped me improve a little bit. And that made me feel better. And I was like, okay, I'm learning. I'm getting there. Um, I started winning a couple of races, but there were still those guys that you could race against for day after day after day. They would come in and they would win and they would win and they would, and it would get frustrating because it's like, somebody's got to be cheating there there's something i'm missing because i'm i'm trying my best and these guys are still kicking my butt but the um administrators assured me nobody was cheating everybody was on the same basic level um it's just they've got more hours in the seat and more more time behind the wheel you know and they they've learned how to 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 race that's just so like a little racing. Yeah. Yeah. So it just time comes down to the driver, you know, and knowing your equipment. Well, well, Adam would tell me, you would tell me, Adam, that, hey, I've got to practice, like, like really practice for the track I'm going to be competing on next week. So I, you know, am in the groove and I, and I don't need like, you know, 
seven to 12 laps to get in the zone. Like I, I know what I'm doing. H- how does the practice work when you're by yourself versus when you're with other cars that, you know, are all human driven? Oh, yeah. Oh, the practice side, um, I don't actually practice against the AI too much. I'll, I'll do like a testing session, session, which is just me um, out there using the setup that we're using, uh, if it's a pick setup or working on my open setup um, over at CCR, Carolina Classic Racing. The open, they'll have the server up and you can work on your setups there. Um, just fine-tuning, seeing what everybody else is running, watching old videos of past races. Um, my notebook, I have a few notebooks are about this thick of notes of <laughs> past, you know, track temperature, all that factors in. Um, yeah. And so practice is very important, especially on open setups. And it just gives me, like you said, you know, get, I can get in the groove. Um, we have practice sessions, um, before a qualifying races along with the warm up session, you know, try to use that more for, Hey, what are we going to do during this race for this strategy? You know, let's see what two tires is going to be like, you know, after about 10 laps, let's try that out. Let's do a two tire stop here during practice. See how that handles and see how long we can go. I mean, different things, like you said, there's a lot of things that factor into it. And once I started thinking about, you know, learning from him and other drivers, not just learning from him, but from other drivers, following them on the track, learning what they're doing pitch strategy wise, man, it's quicker to get left sides than it is to get right sides on your last stop. I mean, that, that's important, especially racing against the guys we race with. I mean, <laughs> yeah, every second on pit road matters. So, yeah, but yeah, it's a, that's the difference for the practice. You know, I don't do a lot against the AI because that will, if you try to do it, do that against AI, it kind of throws you off trying to race against, a, you know, a actual human that's behind the wheel of another computer. So um, speaking of computer, I mean, I, I, I would watch some of these, uh, you know, races on Friday nights and get real excited. And, you know, guys would talk about their computer setups. You know, how important is your computer setup to make this thing work? Do you have to have a super high end rig to, to do this? Or can you just go down to Best Buy, buy a machine and get started? Hey, Brad, I'll let you in and answer that one. Well, okay. Now I'm not Mr. Computer Gizzard Gizmo guy, but the game NASCAR 2003, again, is a very it's an easy game for the computers to run it doesn't require high-end graphics or anything but on that note a lot of the guys will pump up their their motherboards and their graphics cards because they want to have those nicer graphics um so that part does help um so yeah you'll get the guys that have these super fast computers and they want to have you know satellite link internet download kind of speeds and they're they really do dial it up but it's not required if you're just out to enjoy the game and enjoy the the being connected with other people around the country and adam can attest we've raced with people around the world and that's that's pretty exciting um i was doing road racing quite a bit in the in my early years and we had people, we and we still have people in Canada, but we had people coming in from Mexico and Spain and Germany. And that's when your internet connection is even more important that you have a good solid, you know, connection to the server. Um, and then you have to think about the time changes. You know, this guy's up at three in the morning and for me, it's five in the afternoon. So, you know, who's more dedicated 
you know, to, to, to his, his favorite sport. But uh, it, it, it was a blast. And these guys are, again, high class drivers. Just, you know, they, they've got these tracks mastered. So it is definitely a love of the sport and a way for those fans to do something that costs so much money. I mean, if you want to go out and run some laps at a track, it's going to cost you a lot of money just just for that. But Adam can attest, we can wreck cars all day and it's okay. Yep. Yep. Hey, there's no, hey, you don't have to worry about paying nothing for the damage. Nope. <laughs> So one of the things that I noticed coming into, you know, watching this on YouTube and, you know, how the YouTube link in the Oscar Mike radio show post, ladies and gentlemen, is, you know, not only is there the aspect of practice and all that, but you guys are all kind of like, it's obvious. Some of you all have raced with and against each other for a long time. So there's like this community and, and you know, we're talking about the wolf pack is this is this how the wolf pack got going a bunch of guys who served the military got together and created their own like subculture within sim racing the wolf pack is kind of a conglomeration and and let me back up okay when i first joined fsb i ran with the actual um owner and 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 some of the early members of fsb on the team FSB. And I did that for probably about two years until they modified the operations within the, the league. And they started separating drivers um, like entry level, intermediate and pro. And so I got bumped down to, you know, an intermediate kind of driving, driving level because I couldn't hang with the big boys. So I like your different series in NASCAR. What's that? Like your different series in NASCAR. Talent yeah, the different yeah. series. Yeah, yeah. Um, some of the races, anybody could race. Other races were just for what they called the pros. You know, you had to be at a certain skill level to make to make those races and, and to be in that, that, that series. So that was good. It gave you a goal. Um, and so I stayed at FSB for a little bit, and then I went to um, – bad boy racing for about two years hooked up with some of the other gentlemen at fsb and um fsb made it to the point of you could have three three to four maybe five uh drivers on a team and in your team speak your communication you could have your own room so we could all check and and strategize how we were going to attack the race and 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 work with other people and so that was good. And I, I stepped away from them and I, I want, I found another gentleman. Um, oh God, his name's going to jump out of my head right now. Um, Halstead and his son was a army uh, soldier and he wanted to start a team that represented the military. And I thought, hey, that's cool. You know, I've always run, you know, Marine Corps colors for my car schemes. And so we started live fire racing. And the only thing we've required was, A, our drivers, they didn't have to be veterans. But if they had family or knew somebody that they wanted to represent that, that branch service, they could do that. They had to drive clean. They couldn't have an attitude and, and be one of those over the top drivers that had 
I just got a win, 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 because that's not how we operate. We, we work together and we play clean. Um, so live fire racing was the, the start of where we created an armed forces racing team. And we had air force, army, Navy, we even have coast guard. Uh, Jeff was with me for years, um, representing the coast guard. Um, so we ran live fire racing for, I, I don't know, six or eight years at FSB. And, and we had drivers come and go, but it, again, everybody had to represent a branch of service and, and it was just kind of the way it is. The wolf pack was born out of that. Um, so we, we kind of, we just, Halstead had to leave. And so I, I, had Jeff had joined the the live fire team, and another one of our pack members, um, Dave, was on on live fire, um, and we met Brian at FSB, and he wasn't on the team, but we did talk and we worked with him, and I came up with the idea that Wolfpack Racing could be more of a, a group of drivers that wanted to bond on that, that friendship and love of the sport, but I wouldn't have to hold them to a, a specific color scheme or, or uh, if they wanted to run different colors or sponsors, you know, like OMR or whatever, which is great. Um, I didn't have to require them to do that. And they could have the freedom to, a lot of the guys like to paint their own cars. They could paint their own car up, whatever they wanted. But the basic of Wolfpack was that we work together on the track and, you know, we still have those basic good driver attitudes. Um, but Wolfpack can now be anywhere. I've got drivers racing at CCR, uh, Talladega Nights, FSB, um, and iRacing, I'm sure. Yes. But, uh, yeah, there's, yep. there's some of the over iRacing. I think so. I think there was maybe, maybe, I think, I think. Yeah. So, so the Wolfpack gives me the ability to have pack members getting the, the name out there in the racing world of uh, quality drivers and bringing attention to the Wolfpack and our love for sim racing. It's really cool. Um, you know, one thing I wanted to pick your brain about is, is, is racing truly a sport? You know, I've had several people tell me, well, you know, F1 drivers, NASCAR drivers, Dakar drivers aren't really athletes in the truest sense of the word. It's the car and the team management and the and you know the pit the pit crew that does more physical work on a team level than the actual driver. Oh, uh, I, uh, I can explain that real quick. You remember the mop gear we had to wear out in that hot weather, right, in Yuma? I, I, if anybody's I, ever had to wear that, and they know in the hot weather, yeah. When we're only doing it for a short period of time, imagine them doing it for two and a half, three hours. They can't stop to use the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Don't tell me that's not an athlete. <laughs> you're, you're, you're sitting in a probably anywhere on an average 90 to 110 or 15 degree car. Um, fire suit gear. You're in a fire suit, so it's already hot. It's not breathing well. And the only ventilation coming in is through a hose, and that's probably hot air as well. If you have an ice cool suit, maybe. Um, you're you're pulling G-forces 
that a lot of pilots don't even get to feel sometimes. So there, there's a lot of centrifugal G-forces that these drivers go through. These guys are hardcore athletes. They have to be because the physical abilities they need to keep that car on the pavement, you know, or on the dirt track or wherever it's, it's, it's a sport. And yes, there's a lot more elements in, involved. The, the crew, the, the pit crew, yes, they're all athletes. And some of those guys are, are professional football players and, you know, they're huge hulking guys because yeah, the equipment's heavy and they got to move fast. That's part of the team. The, the crew chief, and all his technicians, they have to dial the car in and get it set up properly. Again, working with the driver, giving them feedback and information. What's going on right? I liked the way it felt in this turn. But when I turned it this way in the, in another turn, it, it did something weird. I, I felt the back end slip out. You know, can we adjust that a little bit? That all has to come together to make the car you're you're making the car so the driver can can win the race but anytime something can go wrong a mechanical issue within the engine that that nobody can can you know be blamed for mechanical failures are, are just that a failure you know you've, you've stressed the part to where the point it, it explodes or, or breaks or whatever being able um, to come from laps down, uh, make some mistakes earlier on in the race, come back from laps down, and still you have drivers that can overcome those obstacles and win the race or have a top five, ten finish. Exactly. Make, make, making time on the track is a big thing. Like uh, you mentioned Le Mans earlier when we when we started. Um, <clears throat> Twenty four hour Le Mans is is a crazy race, and you can go down lap laps very early on but you can make those up because it's such a long race and still have a, a solid finish well let's talk about Le Mans here for a second um you know f1 was is was making a huge inroads into the u.s and everybody was saying that nascar had slipped a little bit slipped a lot you know and people weren't really watching it and indycar was trying to become relevant and then out of the clear blue, and I'm a Ford fan, and, you know, Adam knows this. I'm a big Mustang guy. But out of the clear blue, Chevrolet decides to go American as all get out and put a NASCAR car in a prestigious European race. First, I'm surprised the Euros even allowed it. One, they must have thought this was going to be just, you know, a, a laugh. And then the fact that the car actually and the drivers performed as well as they did all of a sudden, it seems like NASCAR is cool again. What's what's, what's, what's going on with that? You're seeing well, a lot of more road racing at NASCAR, too, just to throw that in. They're really adding some more road courses, which is, I love it. I love it. And it's more, we I think, let Toyota come in, and I was surprised Toyota has stepped up to the plate. And I, when they first announced that Toyota was entering NASCAR, I thought it was the biggest joke ever. And I thought, this is just, they're going to be clown cars. But uh, Toyota stepped up and, and they're, they're. Well, I, I remember when that happened, people thought this is sacrilege. I mean, how dare you allow uh, a non-American company into NASCAR? And, you know, one, once Toyota got the, you know, the idea of what it was going to be like, they, they have dialed it in to say the least. 
while retaining the spirit of what NASCAR is about. So is, is NASCAR becoming cool again? Is it becoming something? Because here's, here's my problem with F1 now. You know, I, I, I watched Drive and Survive. I'm, I'm, I like the Haas car. I like it all. But it's like you, you go, you know, two weeks without racing, um, weird freaking rules. Um, they can only do this. They can't do refuels. I'm like... And then, you know, with this year with Max Verstappen, by lap number seven, the race is pretty much over. We'll know who's going to be first, second, and third. And in a word, it's becoming boring. Boring. That's a good word. It depends on the race in NASCAR, like I said. Uh, well, that's the, the thing. The cookie-cutter tracks are just uh, those, yeah. To me, that's just personal. Everybody has, everybody has a personal preference of what they like. Yeah, everybody has that right, uh, which we all, you know, we serve for those rights. Um, so I'm not going to really, it, it is boring to me. I like to where you have to actually pay attention, you know, each and every step of the way. Well, that's the other thing that I'm trying to explain to somebody. I'm like, well, how crazy is it that you got these cars? It's not like F1. You got these cars three wide, six deep going 200 miles an hour inches from each other. It's surprising they don't crash more than they do. I mean, and, and the thing is folks, you think that's kind of like it only happens on TV. These two guys do it on the virtual track and pull it off. <laughs> it's oh. so much fun. Oh, how, yeah. how do you all do that? That's it's insane. so fun. It's oh, insane. Uh, I was like this past uh, Friday. I was, I'm almost made it through a couple of them. Uh, as I don't know if you've seen the broadcast, the Tarnation TV one, but we did have a good night at Daytona over at CCR and pulled home a win in the truck, brought the uh, green truck home. Uh, Brad didn't have too good of a night. Started off good. Good strategy, though. It did, yeah. Um, so. No, Adam, Adam has been uh, racking up some wins, and Jeff has brought in some wins. Oh, the, yeah. the, the guys have been really, really pushing the limits. And uh, to that point of, of racing in those those large packs and being inches away from each other, that is takes a lot of nerve and right. and, and, and listening just, to adam it, in the ear it, it has to be experienced it really does you have to experience it because i know it, it to some people might sound silly you're sitting at a computer and you got your little wheel and you're 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 you know you're driving but you're having to regulate the space between you and the car. And as you said, we're, we're inches apart, if not touching, pushing each other down the track. And if somebody, their computer gets a glitch, which has happened, their modem dies, right, Adam? Yeah. Um, <laughs> somebody comes in and unplugs something all of a sudden, you know, there's things that, that we can't foresee. And all of a sudden, all heck breaks loose and cars scatter and slam and and crash and it's a lot of fun <laughs> yeah it's yep. a lot or the server has a little a little hiccup and it puts us to like they wants to put the cars in the same area you know even though they weren't even that close sometimes that happens <laughs> yeah. cars will disappear all of a sudden they'll come back they're together it's like uh oh there it goes <laughs> and then me, pray the guy behind you lets off <laughs> for me one of the things that that became really kind of like this is this is more than just a cool thing is you know 
I, I know a lot of veterans, you know, have challenges when they get out or they feel alone or cut off or, you know, what do I do? And Adam started finding this thing and all of a sudden he had to commit time to practicing. He had to prioritize his schedule to, to get good at this. And you, you've kind of seen the, the increase in talent and an increase in his work to get better at this. And all of a sudden, you know, he's finishing top 10, finishing, you know, first, it was a real blast when, when you got that, that win in my car, man, that was really cool. You know, the, the thing is, I'm, I'm asking you both is, you know, so many veterans, you know, are looking for something to do. How cool is it that you all are, you know, half a country apart and connecting over a, a, a software package that's 20 years old? It seemed for me, and for veterans that are going through shit, this is just, I don't, you know, don't want to go too far into it right, by right. detail, but this replaced me and some old habits, you know, meeting with these guys, it replaced some old companions. I shouldn't have been around. Um, I shouldn't say companions, friends. Um, you know, it, it helped me get away from the lifestyle I didn't want to live. And it keeps me away from all that bad stuff. It's a part of my life and building a friendship and this little amount of time that I've, I think I've only been with FSB probably two years, maybe a little bit more than two, maybe three. I can't remember, but, um, it, and we run various other leagues. Um, but it, it's, it helps me keep going. Motivation thing, um, keeps me away from the old stuff and I have fun doing, it. made some great friendships. So it's awesome. You know, I, I agree. We, we, I am, have found connections with people that, you know, again, we might get together only a couple hours a week, but we can talk and yeah, we talk a lot about racing, but there's other during practice. There's a lot of BSing going on and, you know, people are, people are having fun and they're, they're sharing parts of their lives that they don't, you know, normally share with, you know, or automatically uh, giving day at shit. work. Um, the dog got sick or, you know, somebody passed away. So, we, we come together as a community, as a group to help support, you know, our other members and our friends. Um, so, yeah, there's definitely human connection, even though um, we may not see them. I've been lucky enough that um, within where I live here in Fresno, um, I've got three or four or five people that I know are part of FSB. Um you know, within driving distance, I could go meet them. Um, we had reunions where we met up um, north in Sacramento and we spent the, a weekend up in Sacramento. We got together, went to a go-kart track and had a blast oh, wow. at the go-kart and then uh, went back and had barbecue. And, you know, we make friends. And if you can go visit, I know Jeff has gone and, and met some of the other guys and um, we we make an effort to, when we can, go face to face and, and make these connections a lot better. So uh, it, it is definitely a, a community. Awesome. Awesome. So you got a veteran out there watching this and they're saying to myself, themselves, how do I, you know, become part of this? How do I get started? What would be you all's advice for come to you to either come to one of us? Uh, I'm pretty sure you might, you have some of our links, correct? I do. I'll have them all in the Oscar Mike Rio show post. That's for sure. You can bet. You can bet on that. But um, 
so they could they, they come to you all and get started is, is that what i'm hearing yeah yeah um it's absolutely it, we, yeah uh, all the files necessary yeah we guide you yeah, where F you need fsb to has been very good about um always giving the the first timers you know a free 30-day trial so you know uh we we have members that uh don't have equipment and they still race on the keyboard or um, hand controllers we have uh, another gentleman who is uh, paraplegic and he races keyboard and uh, mouse and he's a champion he's won multiple championships no dead serious i i swear to god and yep. adam will testify yep. uh dennis dennis so, dan francisconi um, he is a master and, and I'll, I'll have Adam send you a link to this guy. He is, he is just so powerful. Um, when anybody's having a bad day, we, we thank Den for being who he is because, uh, he has accomplished so much with his inability to do things. He's made a life and, uh, um, a way to, to exist. It's just so awesome. Yeah. And again, he, here's a guy that drives with a keyboard and a mouse, and he's got problems with his hands because of his disability. So he doesn't have full function of his hands, and he uses certain keys on the keyboard to, to, to manipulate the car. And this guy's won races, and he's very competitive. Won and a championship. Oh my gosh! I just I I can't praise them enough. Multiple championships. Just can't praise them enough. It's it's just so inspiring. Yes. Well, that that's one of the best things about this is, and I, and I tell you, ladies and gentlemen, you get on, you get on the the chat for the YouTube uh, race, and you hear the commentary, and it's just everybody's cool. No, like the egos are there. People want to win, but at the end of the day, everybody's cool, and that's that's really rare to see. That's really cool. So, um, what times do you all race? Or I'll have the links in the Oscar Mike Video Show post. But you know, is it primarily on Friday and Saturday nights? Do you guys race? Is it just find a channel you like, follow it, and then you know, pick your driver? Uh, how's that work? Carolina Classic Racing has races every night. Um, FSB has certain nights. It's 2003. Certain nights, it's iRacing only. Uh, oh, what's no, what's iRacing? I'm sorry. That's uh, it, where you also have to pay for a monthly subscription to race that. That's the, from Basically, it came from the creators of the game that we use, the simulation that we use, whatever you want to call it. Um, in a nutshell, short, make it short and simple, not to get into too much detail. Just something I haven't dabbled in. It just costs too much. You got to have a good machine. Um, priorities in life don't allow that right now. Maybe sometime in the future. But um, yeah. So they dabble in that, and then uh, turn um, Talladega nights. We uh, they have I do believe a series every, almost every night also. And then there's other multiple leagues. Yeah, there, um, there's there's. I don't want to say hundreds, but I'm going to say hundreds of leagues that if somebody were truly interested in, in starting simulation racing as a, a, a sport or just as a way to game. Um, or as a club or a group. Or as a club or, or just a way to connect. There's lots of venues out there that uh, just by doing a simple internet search, they can find 
um, leagues and groups and fans of the sport of sim sim racing. And again, it's not just NASCAR. Like you said, F1, IndyCar, off-road, trucks, um, the list goes on and on. I mean, if you can think of a way to race, even even motorcycles I've seen, and and these are those, you know, crotch rockets, as I call them. They, they have the GPs, MotoGP. Um, they have groups and leagues, and they're racing online, too. It's just, it's amazing. If awesome. you love a sport, you'll find it. Yeah. Well, I just love that, you know, this is out there. It's a 20-year-old program, and I've seen what it does in Adam's life. I've gotten to, you know, check in on the races when I can and see him racing, see you guys all together. I love the commentary. Um, I, I love the knowledge that you all have to have to do this. And it's not like just. I'm going to put in my yep. Xbox disc, pick up my controller yep. and just start racing tomorrow. <laughs> well, you know, as much I'm a, almost before every uh, race, I'll, I'll be sending you a message. Hey, uh, what paint scheme tonight do you want? <laughs> Which one do you want me to run? You know, since cool. you, you know, I, I do represent you on that and, and you've helped me out with that and stuff. Um, I love well, having just, your just, brand on there, man. That's awesome. It's just a cool story. You know, two dudes who were in the same battery together and it just was like, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll do that. I'll do that for sure. But, um, I guess to close this out, what do you see next for your league or sim racing in general, both of you? I'll start off real well with summertime, you know, people are out doing things more right now. So we're kind of on, you know, low driver count, as you've probably noticed, even during live broadcasts. But, you know, the bad weather days that picks up um, certain tracks people don't want to show up to a lot, especially like road course but I love those. Um, I haven't been making as much races. You have just life in general comes up, but, uh, as far as that is build the camaraderie, uh, you know, I'm young in the wolf pack here. I have probably maybe a year and a half there, Brad. Yeah. Um, so getting more members, meeting new members, um, continuing to grow that wolf pack tradition, you know, even when I, don't race full time you know i can still help hey i'll go out on the track and practice with some of the guys uh, i'll join the booth for some broadcast to be broadcasting um brad knows there's nights we've talked about it both physically we just you know it's like nah we're not running tonight <laughs> so it's just it, 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 it's a i don't know it's it's not like something i like to really plan out but just help wolfpack continue to grow and the leagues continue to grow and keep building these friendships that's amazing. That's amazing. It, 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 it is about building friendships and, and Adam's right. There's, there's certain nights, you know, you might just be tired. Some of the guys do race multiple nights every night. And it's like, you can get burned out. I've had to step away a couple times just because of uh, frustration of, you know, I'm not, I'm not doing as well. And, and again, I'm not that person that has to win, win, win. I'm there to have a clean race and finish well but it still gets to me sometimes and so i've had to step away and just say you know what i'm gonna take a break and you know come back fresh uh your mind's a little clearer and, and you're a little more excited to do it and get back into it so it's okay but same with adam um racing has kept me from hanging out at bars and getting in trouble probably so i stay home i i have three, three, four hours of my nights that I race, you know, that's my time. And it's, it's what I get to do and enjoy. Um, 
the sport itself, I think, will continue to grow. Um, sim racing, the the business itself is a billion billions of dollars in business. Equipment wise, I, I'm finding ads all the time for for sim chairs and sim uh, driving gear, and and there's the the platform is expanding all the time. You know, if there's a way to make money, somebody's out there looking to make yeah. money. Um, I I don't need a, a ten thousand dollar sim setup to race. And I, I would hate people to think that, oh, I have to have a, you know, a super duper setup to do this. You don't. You need, you you can do it with a basic wheel and pedals or, like I said, keyboard and mouse. It's really whatever is, is affordable and, and what level you want to go to. Sim racing fits any kind of budget and oh. any kind of talent. <laughs> well, it's like my graphics card actually came from what you sent me for putting a logo on the car. That. Yeah that helped that got the graphics card and it wasn't you know wasn't expensive so um yeah you can actually with this game you know start pretty low on a low budget uh other people are willing to help other people get started um i've got a few extra graphics cards now that could still run the game just you know to lower you know lower graphics on it but it can still run it good for with the decent graphics that I would be willing to give to someone if they needed one. I even have some other spare parts. I do remember RAM memory, um, things like that, helping other people get started. You also got the community that they help each other out. Um, I think that's all I wanted to add there. Well, good. Well, good. <laughs> well, I will have all the links to uh, the Wolfpack and, and CCR and the FSB Racing League and some pics of the Oscar Mike radio car in the OMR show post. Wow, we got that right finally. And, you know, you know, I, I just have enjoyed watching somebody that I serve with really embrace this and, you know, not to overstep it, but really, really, you know, unlocked a new phase of his life. It's really cool to see. Uh, great meeting you, Brad, and, and looking forward to talking to more of the Wolfpack as things come up. And if you're looking to get interested, just check out the races and uh, you'll be a fan like I am. Going back on the Le Mans thing, I, I wanted to, did want to throw this in because I didn't know much about Le Mans until I, I went and watched Ford for, versus Ferrari. And then I started liking that type of, you know, road course racing. So I do recommend to any listener that hasn't seen it that don't know much about Le Mans, go watch that movie. That'll help well, you out. Even a, though it's got the Hollywood spin on it, it's still pretty darn good. As a Ford <laughs> fan, it was a really good movie. So that's all I'm going to say. But, um, <laughs> gentlemen, thank you for your time. I had a blast. Uh, I really appreciate this. And, you know, uh, pedal the metal is what you all are. And hey, look, folks, they are Oscar Mike. And we are out. Thanks, Travis. Appreciate thank you, it. Travis. Appreciate you having us, man. No problem. No problem. Join us on National Wreaths Across America Day, December 16th, 2023. Each December on National Wreaths Across America Day, our mission to remember, honor, and teach is carried out by coordinating wreath-laying ceremonies at Arlington National Cemetery, as well as more than 3,700 additional locations in all 50 states, at sea and abroad. Join us by sponsoring a veteran's wreath at a cemetery near you, volunteering, or donating to a local sponsor group. Thank you for listening and watching Oscar Mike Radio. 
where our active duty service members and veterans are in action and the mission is in flight. If you are a veteran or know a veteran who needs help, please dial 998 and press 1 for the Veterans Crisis Line.